Welcome back, listeners. Tonight you're in for something different. I've decided to shake things up because tonight I have a special guest. One of you. That's right, callers. Not that long ago, someone called into the program and gave some advice that was so insightful, so keen, so rich with empathy, that I couldn't help but ask him to join us. He'll be here in just a moment, but before we get to that, I'd like to give a correction to an earlier episode. Last week, we took a call from a man named Dave, who was seeking help with demonic possession. Dave said he was being possessed by a spirit that wanted to give customers the best deals and discounts on new and used mattresses. Well, listeners, after some careful research, we found out that this call was indeed a sales pitch for the grand opening of Exorcist Dave's Mattress Warehouse. Rest assured, he has been banned from the program. Dave, if you're listening, fool me once. Well, if that isn't my intern, Chaz, is our guest here? In the green room, yep. Marvelous. Now, listeners, today we are joined by renowned physicist Dr. Jens Gerhardt. Dr. Gerhardt is a foremost investigator of abnormal scientific phenomena, a winner of the 2007 Dunlop Ferguson Research Award and the 2008 Klopsteg Prize. Recently, Dr. Gerhardt has been lecturing at the Santa Fe Institute and is nearing completion of his latest text, The Godly, The Grave, and Me, Extrasensory Perception in the Mindfulness Era. I am thrilled to welcome him aboard. Chaz, our intern, has returned. Is our guest ready? You better believe it. Oh. Uh, and also not to nitpick, but really closer to being like your producer host. Good. Listeners, uh, please welcome our guest host. You! What are you doing here? Host, I am pleased to be joining you on this fine evening. Where do I put my stuff? Listeners, this is not Dr. Gerhardt. This is Devin, a quasi-romantic blast from the past. Devin, what are you doing here? To be honest, I guess it's because I believe in second chances. No. I mean, why are you here? I'm here, host, because we are what I've come to learn through my counseling, a toxic couple. Now, I've been unpacking some things, working on myself, working on my patterns. You're damn sure I've been working on that 79 Triumph bike I got in the garage. Oh, my God. And when I came home from that pool tournament and I saw I had a message here from your guy, Chazzy, well... I thought it was a real opportunity for growth. So this is Chaz's doing. Chaz, where are you? Chaz? Chaz? Did you say Chaz? Or was it chat? Chaz, where is Dr. Gerhardt? Who? The guest for tonight, Dr. Jens Gerhardt from the Santa Fe Institute. Tell me you didn't leave him at the bus station. Uh, I booked Devin weeks ago. He's the guest for tonight. Uh, See, you said to me... Get the ninth caller from the show on the 8th, unless you said the 8th caller from the show on the ninth. because, I mean, I've done that before. I can't believe this. This is just a total disaster, and just the latest in a number of screw-ups. Before you get all worked up, don't blame Chazzy. He's got enthusiasm. Frankly, I think we could all use a little more of that. Hey, thanks. You bet. Oh, and it's, uh, it's just Chaz. You got it, Chazzy. Look, I needed Dr. Gerhardt to help consult on calls. Hey, you know I'm always down to get ghostly. I love to chat with the boils and ghouls. But at the same time, your boundaries and comfort zones are important. If you want me to leave, well, I'll just show myself out. That's mature of you. Like I said, I've been working on some things. You are wearing a new bolo tie. (sighs) Tell you what... You can stay 
for just one call. Glad to help out. Can you mic him, Chaz? Can do. Watch the sweater, Chazzy. That is a lot of chest hair. Let's take a call. Who do we have next? We have Adam in Las Vegas. I'm just going to say it. I love Vegas. Every time I go, I have too good of a time. Hello, Adam. How does tonight find you? Bad, okay? Urgently bad. I listen to your show and I don't have a lot of time and I'm actually a doctor. Adam is just the name I gave your screener. Sure. Uh, It's hard to hear you, though, Dr. Adam. Perhaps you could raise your voice above the din. Only so much. I'm I'm next to my client and I, I can't have him here. Here, I'm kind of under the curtain of the ring now. Under the curtain of the ring. Now, is that like a a play title? Where exactly are you? Well, I'm at the ring. That should be obvious by now. I'm not here under the auspices of my usual expertise. It sounds like there are a lot of people nearby. Is this an equestrian ring? You should let me finish providing context. Whoa. By all means, go ahead. I'm not a sports impresario by trade. I've only been brought here by the winding path of my psychiatric career. And my son! Lord knows why he's doing this! Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats as we prepare for tonight's introduction. I'm at the Ultimate Fighting Championship event in Las Vegas. UFC 4066? You got tickets? Oh man, my mom loves UFC. Adam, you're... are you fighting your son? I'm confused. No, I'm... Well, for years I was engaged in a fierce debate with my colleague, Dr. Brian Conroy, about the nature of evil and human destructive power and how much of it had its origin in the mind. Conroy felt like I was exaggerating how dangerous someone with a twisted brain could be when properly trained. You know Conroy's stance on human morality, if you're familiar at all with his work. I might be. Did he used to DJ in Riverside in the 90s? Conroy and the Rusted Skunk? Tweedledee and Tweedledum? Please continue, Adam. Well, eventually we made a wager that I couldn't transform a physically unimposing but mentally dangerous person into a champion fighter. I didn't even care about fighting sports, and I still don't. But eventually my client... I, I feel like I can't name him without revealing my real identity. Wait. Is your client Bob the Monster Man? I... Yes. Yes. Well, whatever. Good job, Chaz. I didn't know you watched human assault sports. I know it disgusts you, so I tend to keep it under the old hat. Robert the Monster Man is quite popular now. He's been the number one contender in the world for six months, despite fighting 60 to 80 pounds over his weight class. But... Your rival doctor thought this was dangerous, no? Uh, Isn't there any risk? Is the doctor going to get hurt? Actually, if I can jump in here, if I'm reading this caller correctly and anticipating what he's saying, I think Adam's concerned with his son. Absolutely. Exactly. Oh, they're dimming the lights. You're both exactly right. Robert's going to kill someone someday soon, and I'm worried that tonight it might be... Las Vegas. Here is your challenger for tonight's main event, weighing in at 200 pounds even, with a professional record of 8-1-0. Crazily, the son of his opponent's trainer, Brandon McCoy! Oh, God! Oh, God! Brandon, why are you here? Mmm, you didn't know your son was going to fight the monster you created until today? I didn't know he was fighting! I, I didn't know that this was an interest of his at all! I'm going to make you love me, Dad. Why wouldn't I love you? Oh, God! And in the opposite corner, the fastest rising contender in the history of the sport, 
a true craftsman who would fight just for the opportunity to cause pain. Weighing in at 135 pounds with a record of 20-0-0, Bob the Monster Man! How long do we have, Adam? A minute, maybe? Perhaps let me talk to Monster Robert, see if he might take it easy on Brandon. No person is so inherently dangerous that they can't be talked to or reasoned with. Host, isn't Brandon really the one we should be talking to? I can talk Monster Robert down. Robert is preternaturally powerful and psychotically motivated, a threat to the safety of everyone who shares a space with him. But Brandon's the one you owe something to, bud. He's the one you need to save and he's the one you care about. Call me crazy, but maybe the real monster here is an unhealthy father-son relationship. Wow. Uh, Devin, that's right. Adam, run and fetch me your son. I... sure. Tonight's fight is brought to you by the state of Nevada, which says, Thank you for visiting Nevada, and also disavows responsibility for all actions that occur in this facility tonight. Brandon, I don't hate you. Here, here, take this. Talk to this person. What? Who is this? Brandon, this is the host. Of what? I'm about to fight the biggest fight of my life, and, like, as soon as they see me get off the phone... I host a cultishly followed and regionally celebrated Helpline radio program, but that's not important right now. Are you fighting because you love to fight, or because you want your father to notice you? Whoa, that's a little in my face. Um, I love to fight because it will grab my dad by the neck and make him pay attention? Does that make sense? Well, he does love you, and he also thinks the man-monster is going to kill you. You do love me? How would I know? You wouldn't, because I didn't say it, but I love you so much! Please don't let Robert give you a brain bleed! Oh, I love you too, Dad! What will I do if I don't fight? They'll just sue you for breach of contract, but I don't care about it! I don't care about that as long as you're alright! I'm so glad that you've, that you've survived this far. Wow! I'm glad you're not uh, dead. I think, I think we did it. I love you. I they love appear to have moved on from our conversation now. And yes, that was that a positive you, direction. Thanks to, and like this feels a little strange to say, I but thanks to your tight. insight, Devin. Come on! What's up, dude? Let's fight! Face me, son of Adam! Face me! All who enter the ring will be destroyed! I will consume their souls. Get off me! Get off me! Ugh. Wow. Now that was amazing. Really? You were incredible. You you really took charge. Oh, I just gave a little advice. A little advice. Really. Come on, you know you're good at this. Seeing you here in your element, I'm impressed. You're good at this, host. Well, I guess I should hit the road. You're... Leaving so soon? You want me to stick around? Not not if you're busy. Psst, nothing more than my dart league. Well, you can stay for another one if you want, unless you need to get to your dart league. Shit, darling, I can throw darts anytime. Great. Uh, are you thirsty? Because I think I've got some tequila around here. Actually, we have another call. Fine. Chaz, uh, if you would connect us. Welcome to the host, caller. What can I help you with? Uh, Planet Zorbulon, we have 
have crashed our space vessel somewhere in Arizona. Ugh, aliens. Again? Please help. The navigation array has fallen onto my curlicks. I can't feel my sleep slobs. <coughs> That's my mate, Clim Clom. Oh no, she is leaking. Her cleatoo is running down her zarbacks. Chaz, you wanna... I got this, host. Look, sir, regrettably, we've had a lot of alien content lately on the show, and we're trying to move away from that creative direction. Help! Help! There's fuel leaking out of the quantum drive! The core is sparking! The core is sparking! Yeah, yeah, you have a great night. Ugh, I'm glad that's over. Yeah, that guy's voice was giving me a real headache. Total buzzkill. Right? It's like this all the time. I got another call for you, host. She sounds like she's really in pain. By all means, Chaz. Here she is. <coughs> Hello? Hello? Chaz, what is this? I told you, she's in pain. <coughs> Perhaps we should divert this call to the proper authorities, as I do not want to destroy our listener's eardrums or fail to get her the kind of assistance she needs. She... <coughs> Hello? Caller? Are you all right? I do apologize for that, host. I had a lovely conversation with your producer, Chaz, but then she woke up and that meant I had to scream. Fortunately, she seems to be asleep again. Who is this she? The woman whose death I'm heralding. I'm a banshee. Oh, that's wonderful. I've heard of banshees before, but have yet to converse with one. Now, uh, host and listeners... I've recently learned about the dangers of having incorrect notions regarding supernatural creatures, so I would like to invite you, Banshee, to use your own voice to speak out about who and what you are. Actually, I'd love to rest my voice for a moment, if that's okay. Don't worry, I'm pretty hard to offend. Of course, of course. Thanks for allowing me to be an ally. Now... I know banshees to be female spirits who herald the death of a loved one, usually by wailing, shrieking, or keening. Couldn't have said it better myself. Forgive me if I'm overstepping here, but that strikes me as an incredibly stressful existence. And a lonely one. Always having to make your life about others, never really given the ability or agency to experience things for yourself. Sounds like she's talking about herself there, huh, Devin? Chaz, your mic is on. Oh, my bad, host. Um, won't happen again. Listeners, I apologize for this deeply unprofessional behavior. Let's circle back to what truly matters. Banshee, what should I call you? To humans, my name would only sound like a whale from across the sea. You can just call me Banshee. Lovely. Thank you, Banshee. Uh, why have you called in today? I'm in love. And I don't know what to do about it. You are? With who? Or what? We make no judgments on this show. His name is Wesley, and it's his wife whose death I'm heralding. How's it going with that? Things are wonderful. She's in hospice and sleeps most of the time. Wesley and I have these long, deep talks followed by passionate sex. We really love each other. But he says we can't be officially together until she dies because he doesn't want to cheat on a dying woman. I'm not sure what his definition of cheating is, but we'll come back to that. 
Please continue. The problem is that when she does die, I'll be called away to herald somebody else's death. And I'll never see him again. I'm heartbroken thinking about it. I can't win no matter what I do. Well, first allow me to ask, does this dying woman know about what you and her husband are doing? Oh no. She thinks I'm a side effect brought on by all the painkillers she is taking. Wesley says we must not tell her about us because it could kill her. Right. Well, I can appreciate the complexities of this relationship, and I congratulate you on achieving the onerous task of finding someone to love and give your heart to. I... Why are you staring at Devin? Chaz, your mic. As I was saying... I think it would be unhealthy for you to continue this noisome relationship. This odious man, Wesley, seems to be having his cake and eating it too. I don't understand, host. You've not had many romantic relationships, have you, Banshee? No. My kind rarely stay in one place long enough to meet anyone. And this man is using that to his advantage. You deserve better. You deserve someone who will commit to you and love you and treat you like more than a puzzle to do while his dying wife sleeps. But he said he loves me. Banshee, I must speak plainly, as I fear there isn't much time. I'd hate for this woman to die, relegating you to an existence of unrequited longing. Wesley does not deserve you. If he's not willing to tell people about you or be official with you, he's using you. He did say that we couldn't tell anyone about what we were doing because he didn't want it to look bad. And he won't even exchange email addresses or phone numbers so I could tell him where I was pulled away to. Exactly, Banshee. He could make an effort. Right, he could come visit you while you herald other deaths. Yes, he's leaving that door open. He knows you'll be called away and he'll be a single widower. You're right. What an ass! Banshee? Hmm. I hope she finds peace and catharsis in the not-too-distant future. Perhaps she will find someone new who will treat her better. With the advent of modern medicine, sick and dying people stay around much longer than they used to, so it's a strong possibility. And Wesley, if you're listening, fuck you, man. Yes, Wesley. Enjoy your own Congress for once. You know, host, I gotta say, you really ameliorated that situation. That's, uh, wow, I don't recall you having such an advanced vocabulary. I got a word of the day calendar. All part of my efforts to make myself more erudite. It's a very, uh, exuberant enterprise. A fortuitous boon, if you will. Yes, uh, quite fortuitous. Uh, Speaking of fortuitous, we've got more reports on Becky. For those of you listening, Becky has gone missing, but this week there have been sightings around town. We've got reports of Becky watching penguins at the zoo, that Becky was seen buying lumber at a Home Depot. We've got other sightings of Becky holding a pager and drinking a Coors Light and waiting to be seated in line at Outback Steakhouse. Well, listeners, I I wonder what's going on with Becky. This just doesn't sound like the Becky I know. Let me jump in here with a gentle reminder that experiences like emotions are not linear. Sometimes it's like looking at a photo album and jumping between the photos. Each feeling is its own event, each with its own triggers and outcomes. That's very insightful. Thank you. I learned that in therapy. 
We've got a guy in Fresno that found something in his garage. Well, by all means, put him through. Hello, caller? Welcome to the Frightmare. Get it? Frightmare? Like nightmare? Yes, I love it. Caller, are you there? You're on the air. Yeah, I'm here. What seems to be the problem? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I wanted to call you because I have something in my garage. I think it's, I think it's a, a Dracula. What? A, dra- a Dracula? Let me get in on here. I think my fiancé is a Freddy Krueger. My, um, my ATM is telling me to kill people. Okay. All right. I get it now. Let me guess. This is the FBI, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's the FBI. <laughs> Special Agent Werewolf. Let's just go to another caller. I don't have time for this. Are you sure? I mean, you don't want to mess with the Dracula. Yes, I'm sure. Chaz, next call. I've got aliens in my butthole. Host, they have aliens in their butthole. Chaz. Okay, they're gone, and I'm blocking that number. But they work for the FBI, so I assume they can call whenever? Listeners, that was a local branch of the FBI. Apparently, they're just as skeptical as ever. People can just be children sometimes. They sure can. Let's go to the next call. You know what, host? I'm feeling something here. What's that? Maybe this should be a full-time thing. Maybe we could turn this from the host to the co-hosts. The co-hosts? I am 100% devoted to this dream. Devin, I allowed you a mic with the understanding that you'd show a shred of humility. I know, and I respect that. But what if we loosen it up a notch? What if we let it off the chain? Let your devil dog loose on the airwaves. My devil dog? Come on, give me a howl. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, I love it. How about another one? Chaz, have we got another caller to help, I don't know, keep me from having to respond to Devin's demands here? Oh, yeah. We've had a guy waiting for, like, ten minutes now. Oh, caller? Uh, Caller, are you there? Let me assist you with whatever nagging daymare is making your world less seemly. Hello, host. Terrence. My name is Terrence Gist. I'm just a regular old dude who loves science and his friends and helped build a machine that accidentally sent one of those friends to another dimension. Sounds like another mission for the devil dog and his bloodhound. Like that, I think that could be our handle. (laughs) Just kidding. Unless you actually like it. Chazzy, what do you think? I'm curious. Which dimension? The one where people walk around on their hands, their arms, or legs, but their butts are in the same place? Gentlemen, please. Let me take this. Terrence, what became of your friend? Are they still trapped there? Are you trying to find a way to extract them? Oh, so, yeah, he came back from this other dimension a week ago. That part's not the problem. The problem is, well, he's changed. Oh? How so? Does he possess supernatural powers? Oh, oh, let me guess. Uh, he can he can see things in our dimension now that nobody else can. Uh, has his life devolved into a charred and rotted hellscape of Lovecraftian designs? I got it. His friend eats people now. That's it, right? A friend that eats people. If I've seen it once... No, 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 it's, it's nothing like that. He's not able to see things. He's not interested in eating people. The whole problem is he's different. Does he chew people? Hey, he's different just in boring ways. What ways qualify as boring ways? 
Is your problem with the fact that he's changed behaviorally? Like, you're upset about him acting differently toward you? That's an interesting point, host. Yeah, like how the guys in my frat house keep saying, Hey, Chaz, you dropped out. You're definitely not allowed to be here anymore. And it's like, I want them to change, you know? So, like, he wants to help people and be charitable? Before he was all... Hey, let's scare people by throwing stuff off the highway overpass or build robots that attack and fight wild animals. And now he's like, let's participate in food drives and apportion some of our paychecks to scholarship funds for the underprivileged youth. You know, Terrence, it sounds like maybe your friend has just outgrown past behavior. Obviously, it's probable that growth was due to an unexpected, downright catalytic source, but in the end, this doesn't change the fact that he's doing things he believes are positive for him and maybe even sees them as good for society at large. Perhaps you might consider following his lead. Nah, I don't want to do that, host. And I just want my friend back, that's all. Do you think if I, like, push him back into the other dimension, he'll come back the way he was? Look, my man, we all want things. Some of us want to feel the cool breeze of a desert highway rolling off of our biceps. Some of us want to reconnect with old flames. Hell, some of us want to reconnect with old flames so badly it hurts and we're willing to, uh... Oh, I don't know, show up at their workplace? Some of us want to be promoted to at least a 12 to 8 a.m. slot, hosting their own radio show. Sure, it'd have classic rock influences, but there'd be portions for talk, for callers, parts with traffic, spectral barometer readings. All right, I'm just going to mute both of these mics. Is that okay? Maybe I could endorse some local products. You can only smell an Angora sweater so many times. Uh, Rub a jade anklet so many times. Uh, Terrence, are you still with us? As green as the sea. Stretch a hair tie. It's all a lost and found host at Devin's house. We just go through and try to find the original owners and see where they are. Terrence. Yep, still here and ready to be told how to have my friend restored to his rightful self. Terrence, this might be hard to hear, but your friend isn't coming back. Honestly, based on everything you've told me, I think it would be a bad thing if he did. Clearly, you two were contributing to each other's worst, most toxic impulses. Frankly, it sounds like you were on a path to getting yourselves or some innocent bystander killed. You don't mess with the fabric of the physical world, and you don't throw things off of highway overpasses. Okay, so don't be mad at me, host, but I went into the other dimension just now while you were talking. I wasn't hearing what I wanted to hear, and I just kind of zoned out. And then I realized I had the machine right next to me, flipped a switch, and I was off. I figured I could be back before you finished. This thing also messes with the space-time continuum, too. Anyway, I'm back, and I fixed my own problem. Oh? Have you found yourself changed? Do your interests maybe align a bit more with your friends now? Not in the slightest, but here it is. I found this, like, weird inky jellyfish monstrosity, and it seems to really get me. Like, I have now seen beyond the bounds of infinity, and I feel like this new friend, well, he's going to stick it out in new ways no friend I've ever had has. Plus, he produces this semi-viscous liquid that I know is going to scare the crap out of highway drivers. Plus, I feel really weird. Like the world and my sanity are kind of coming apart? You sound deeply unwell, Terrence, in pretty much every sense of the word. I think maybe you need immediate treatment. Nah, don't worry about me. I am dissolving into this sort of ectoplasmic residue and combining with my inky friend. It feels really peaceful. Oh, wait. No, no, now it hurts. Ah! Ah! Can I talk again now? 
Yes, Chaz. Literally, that whole time you and Terrence were having your conversation, Devin and I were still going on and on. I know, Chaz. Well, I recorded it, just in case you wanted to hear it. There's some real pearls of wisdom in there. Thanks, Chaz. We didn't really help Terrence, did we? No, Chaz. And if I may, Terrence wasn't the kind of caller you can help. Which brings me to my next point. Be open to change. Be open to things not working out how you expected. Right, and don't go searching in other dimensions for peace and contentment when those things have always existed, already, inside each and every one of you. Also, it's always a bad thing when you bring something back from another dimension, so don't do that either. I can't believe I have to tell people that. Hey, is there some kind of horrible blob roaming around somewhere out there, wherever Terrence was? Um, yes. So, listeners, be on the lookout and, uh, don't approach it. Uh, Dana, will you contact... Sometimes, listeners, I forget she's not here. All right, Chazzy, who's my next caller? Your next caller? What? I said our, didn't I? Chaz? Didn't I say our? What? See, Chazzy doesn't even remember what I said. And you know why? Because it doesn't matter. Devin, I gotta be honest with you. I need you to stay in your lane. I get it. Just like old times. Don't like me giving my input, sharing my pearls of wisdom? The host has to be the smartest person in the room. I am the smartest person in the room. You know, host, let me hop in here. I think what Devin is trying to say is that he's bringing a different perspective to the calls. And call me crazy, but I think that threatens you. See, there are these things called boundaries. And they're like invisible territories that... I know what boundaries are. (laughs) I mean, do you? Hey, I get turf. I respect turf. All I'm looking to do is liven up the show, start a fresh approach. Mm-hmm, mm, okay, okay. Uh, I just have one question. This show, what's it called? The Host. And who is the host? You are. Okay, then. <laughs> Chaz, next call, please. Melissa from Mason City. But before we get to that, I just want to add... What? What do you want to add, Chaz? Just some notable facts about Mason City. Notable facts? To begin with... There's the Lime Creek Nature Center. You can learn about conservation through hands-on exhibits with rare animals. Then, head on down to Music Man Square, where there's a bronze statue of Harold Hill. Though the Music Man was set in River City, Mason City residents have long felt a kinship. Now is not the time. Look. What? My job is to provide you with the necessary context. Your job is to answer the phone and push the buttons. That may be... But with all due respect, perhaps we need a refresher on the importance of a producer. Our relationship is the bedrock of this show. And if you and I aren't in tune, the goals of this program cannot be met. If you recall, those goals are... Chaz. Yes? It's not working out. I know it's not working out. That's what I'm telling you. No, no, no. I'm telling you you're fired. What? Ouch. I apologize to my listeners for doing this on air. But for the love of all things good and right, get the hell out of my studio! Well done. Wow. That's harsh. You think you can threaten to fire me and I'll just stay and pretend you didn't try to let me go? No, I actually want you to leave. I actually fired you. You think I'll just forgive you and continue doing the hard, thankless work of a producer after you humiliated me in front of my entire fan base? Chaz, I'm giving you to the count of three. Well, you have vastly underestimated me. One. I will never forget this. Two. And you will rue the day! Three. Devin, can you... What what are you doing? All right, Jazzy, let's go. Oh, seriously? Let me go. Don't make this a problem. Fine. 
I can leave on my own. Well, apologies, listeners. I had absolutely no intention of doing that type of professional house cleaning so publicly this evening, but as you can surely tell, it was more than necessary. <laughs> now, okay, so we have Melissa from Mason City. Hi, Melissa. You're on with the host. Greetings, kind host. Tis I, Melissa. Yes, and this is the host. And I'm Devin. Yes, pleased to meet you, Melissa. Likewise. So was there a specific reason for your call, or...? Oh, yes. You see, I am the last of my kind. My sisters have all been burned in the fires, or caught in the hunter's crosshairs, or choked on the abandoned Ikea parts they foolishly mistook for sandwiches. Oh, no, Melissa. I can't imagine how difficult that must be. If you don't mind me asking, what species do you identify as? A unicorn host. I am the last unicorn. Wow. Thank you. Hey, thank you for being you. You're welcome. And is it the grief that's troubling you today? Or perhaps a feeling of isolation? No, I've processed all that. Tis my relationship that is troubled now. Lately, it seems that my husband isn't listening when I... Well, maybe if you would shut the fuck up about being the last fucking unicorn... For one fucking second! It's who I am, Greg. You can try to change me, but you can't. Oh, I know. Oh, believe me, I know. Do you see why I called? Yes, my goodness. Does he often speak to you like this? The answer is both yes, and it is also no, fair host. Greg is a complicated man. Complicated. Oh boy. Who was once a loving partner and then suddenly a fortnight ago got tired of your horse shit? Whoa, Greg. Not cool. She's a unicorn, not a horse. You knew you were getting a unicorn when you married me. Yeah, but not the last one. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry about all my sisters being dead. Sorry that's so inconvenient for you. I'm just saying, you weren't such an epic bummer before all of your sisters died. Are you hearing yourself? Melissa? Melissa? <sighs> I'm so sorry, host. Things are a bit louder here than I anticipated. It's my house too, Melissa. You wouldn't be able to tell from how it's decorated, but- Rainbow is the official color of my people. And what's the official color of your people? Being a dick? If we could all just chill out just a little- Fuck you, guy inside the phone. I'm gonna go alphabetize my DVDs. I'm sorry. He does actually know how phones work. Sure, we all do. There's electricity and, and wires and communication and, and kindness and a little bit of, uh, you know... I can see what you mean about your situation, Melissa. And frankly, I'm concerned by the level of vitriol I'm hearing here from both of you. You said there was some sort of shift in his behavior about two weeks ago? Yes. In the months before that, he was more attentive to me than he's ever been. He was buying me jewelry, bringing home edible flowers, sending me on mane and hoof-focused spa weekends where I was heralded as a god by both horse and man. Uh-huh. And was there anything that changed two weeks ago? Some sort of potentially triggering event? Hmm. Well, I suppose that's around when my last sister died. Oh, I'm sorry. That must have been so hard for you. 
Eh, they were dropping like flies at that point. You get used to it. Allison was cool, though. Okay. Uh, well, is it possible that her death could have affected Greg? No, Greg didn't even like Allison. He said she was full of herself. Interesting. Well... Greg? Are you okay? I told you not to look at the cover of Hoop Dreams. You know it always upsets you. You're right, Melissa. I didn't like Allison. I loved her. What? She was the light of my life. She was my reason for existing. She really got me, you know? I can't believe you. How long has this been going on? May I jump in here and guess a few months now? Yes. But we'd been fighting these feelings for a while until it was like we'd forgotten what we started fighting for. How dare you ruin Ario's Speedwagon for me? You know that's my favorite band. Yeah? Well, why do you think the lyrics are seared into my fucking... So last month when I found glitter on your shirt that didn't look like mine? I was only lying to protect you, Liz. Don't call me that, you lying piece of... Oh, here we go again. You talk to me like this, and then you use the fact that you're the last fucking unicorn as an excuse. Well, I'm sorry you're the last unicorn. Finally. I wish you were the next to last unicorn. (gasps) Well, you're about to be the last unicorn's next to last husband. Whoa, well, listen, calm down. You love me, remember? Do I, Greg? Did I ever? Melissa? Melissa, please, be, be reasonable. I don't have to be reasonable, Greg. I'm the last fucking unicorn. Whoa, Melissa. Melissa, please, whoa. Whoa, Melissa. Melissa, no! Melissa? Greg? You know, that seemed fair. Well, I'd like to say something about how I don't condone answering infidelity with murder, but it looks like we already have another call on the line, so in the interest of time, I'm going to move on and take said call. (laughs) Because you're a boss. Please, Devin, I don't have time for compliments. I need to focus. Whoa, you're so tense. Don't worry, you got this. I know I do. Righto. After you, my lady. After me where, Devin? Wherever you want. Look, what I need right now is for you to just sit there. And support you. Right. Support me like a chair. Yeah, yeah. A quiet chair in the corner, sitting quietly. Now, okay, here we go. Right, like a chair. Okay, I'll just sit here. Okay. All right, I made of wood. I got no brain. I'm just sitting here. Just waiting for somebody to sit on me. Just sitting. Okay, maybe it's a foldable chair. A chair with felt, like a, like a wing back, or maybe some kind of barca lounger. I'm sitting here like a chair. Okay. Uh, okay, Devin. All right. Thank you. Greetings, caller. Thank you for taking the time to share the airwaves with us this highly unusual evening. How can I help you? Well, first, thank you for taking my call. I should start by saying I've been a fan of yours since you thought up this show, and I really appreciate all the help and love you give people. It means a lot in the grand scheme of this universe, and you should know that. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. I think I needed to hear that. You have a gift for this work. It's wonderful to see someone sincerely living their purpose. Well, thank you. I really take what I do seriously, so to get this kind of feedback is like a cherry on top of the Sunday of my professional pursuits. Oh, everyone knows you're the goddess of the radio. Now, Collar, if I can call you Collar. 
She's got no time for compliments. Let's get this thing going. What's your problem? Ow, why'd you pinch me? I'm trying to keep the show on track. I appreciate your candor, Devin. That's something I've always admired about you. You have a good heart, even if your clumsy, awkward words typically don't reflect that. Hey, right on. I like this one. I'm sorry. I'm confused. Do you know us personally, or... Oh, no, no. Never mind. I'll get to the point. I'm calling because, well, I'm having some relationship trouble, and I could use an outside perspective. It seems to be the theme tonight, and relationships happen to be my specialty, along with motocross, dirt biking. I'm happy to assist you with a listening ear. What seems to be the issue? I'm on a trip with my boyfriend. It's our first vacation as a couple. But now you hate him? Devin! No, I don't hate anyone. And he's honestly wonderful, but I'm not sure I can deal with his general personality. What my co-host... Scratch that. What Devin here meant to ask is, how do you feel about your boyfriend on an emotional level? I mean, I like him. We've been dating for over three months, and everything has been going really smoothly. He cares a lot about his job, though, which is great. It's just... So, he's a journalist for a local paper, and he loves it. Talking to people, finding out their stories, that's completely his jam. But he's always so busy. Like, excessively busy. Which is why we were both so excited to plan this trip. I heard about this place in the mountains that makes these crazy pancakes with fruity pebbles in them, and I knew he'd love it. He's a big breakfast person. Hey, who isn't? I cannot start my day without something to get my motor going. Sometimes I eat bacon. Sometimes I eat Canadian bacon. Let's stay on topic. I mean, I've definitely encountered my fair share of people who eat soup for breakfast. Well, that's just blasphemy. Oh, okay. On that note, I should add that I'm not exactly human. I'm not really supposed to reveal this, but I do think it's a factor in this mess, so I guess it's relevant. Interesting. May I ask how you would characterize yourself, if you feel comfortable divulging? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm a celestial being. A what? A celestial being. Like the tea? No, like a divinely made individual now living in the corporal existence while I oversee the well-being of humans around the world. Uh-huh. Okay, I think I've got it. Thank you for sharing that. So we'll be mindful that you aren't allowed to reveal too much. You know, it's fine. I don't mind. Ask away. Oh, no. I wouldn't disrespect divine rules. You're not. I- I'm allowed to talk about it if I want. It's more of a personal thing I do to protect myself. Like hookers not kissing the Richard Gears of the world on the mouth. But I... I know you've got questions, so please ask. Hmm. All right. Uh, do you take issue with being called an angel? I know that term is pretty traditional. Angel? You got angel from all that? I, I was about ready to crack open a dictionary. Webster's, obviously. And if Webster's isn't around, uh, I'll do a Macmillan. Angel is such a limiting term. Everyone has an idea in their mind of what an angel is, but we're multifaceted and complex. And it's pretty frustrating when people ask you things like, why aren't you dressed in white? Or how many bell rings did it take for you to earn your wings? Like every time the period changes at high school, one of us just makes it over the heavenly finish line? Like right then? Anyway, yes, I prefer to avoid the label. Absolutely. Uh, Down with labels. (laughs) I'm always telling Dana. Never mind. Uh, Sorry to take us off topic again. You're in the mountains eating pancakes. Right. So, 
After we throw our bags in the Airbnb, we head down to the restaurant. So far, everything's going to plan. We sit down to order, and my boyfriend overhears a waitress telling a customer that the 87-year-old owner of the place had saved the restaurant from burning down the night before. It's a great story. The owner woke up in the middle of the night from a fever dream and felt like something was telling her to go check on her business. When she got there, a fire had started in the kitchen. How did it start? No one knows. And the fire department got there in time? She put it out herself. Oh my, that is an amazing story. I wonder how the dream was connected. It wasn't. Well, it could have been. Let's drop it. The point is, my curious, sleuthy, and incredibly hot boyfriend, being the gung-ho reporter that he is, spent the next four hours talking to everyone who ever met this woman at the restaurant, and then he ran off to interview her at her home. We never even ordered. I waited forever, and then I just went back to our room and spent the rest of the day watching Netflix. I mean, I came here for him. And I understand that it's a nice story, and this is what he does. It's his calling. I get it. But you know what he told me when he finally got back to the room at 10.30 at night? I bet I know. No, you don't, Devin. Let her finish. I guarantee you I know what he did. And bold move to you, sir. He ate the pancakes. Called it. The five-star firefighting Americana doling chef made him the pancakes that we drove five hours for, along with some smothered hash browns and cherry glazed bacon, and she did it all in her kitchen at her home. And not once during that entire evening did he think, hmm, I should probably bring some of this back to my loving girlfriend, or another option would have been to call me and ask if I wanted to join them, but did he do that? Nope. Do you two communicate on a strictly verbal level, or does he expect that you might read his mind on occasion? I don't read minds. That's not what I do. I see. Um, I could have sworn you read my mind a moment ago with the angel question. Educated guess. Earth women don't read minds either. In fact, they're pretty slow on the uptake. Ow! Look. He ate the pancakes and then acted like it was okay to come rave to me about this woman's life story and how wise she has been and how incredible her food was. And not once did he ask me how I spent my day. I just, I need you to give me the courage to do what I should do and break things off. Is that what you want? What kind of relationship can I have with a man who would totally forget about me at the drop of a hat? I mean... I was the one who suggested we drive all the way out here to try these pancakes because I knew how much he would love them and I care about his feelings. And I was the one who made sure this amazeball woman's restaurant didn't burn. Never mind. The reality is I can't be the only one who cares in this relationship. That makes sense, right? I'm giving too much. He can't possibly feel the same way I do if I don't even register to him on a basic level. He didn't care enough to check if I even ate anything. Do you need to eat? That's not the point. I can certainly hear that this vacation has not gone the way you planned, but relationships are often tested so that you're able to learn and grow together. So I should break up with him and grow from that. (laughs) I shouldn't even be dating a human. Again, not against the rules, but I have things I should be doing with my time. I have to focus on my purpose, the people I need to help, my plan, the plan. Plus, it's like, he's a Pisces. And you are? A celestial being. We went over this for like five minutes. I'm sorry, host, but are we even on the same page here? Okay, I'm going to stop you there. Devin? Just hear me out. 
it seems pretty obvious to me that you called for one reason. You want our host here to tell you to break up with this reporter of yours. But if you want to know what I think... She doesn't. She called me, Devin. It's that you're not being honest with yourself. If you really wanted to leave this guy, I think you would have done it by now. You seem to be a very independent entity. But at this moment, you're on the phone asking a team of strangers why this dude isn't right for you when you, of all creatures, should know that no one is 100% perfect for anyone else. Everybody's different. So if you want to be with someone, you're going to have to work through those differences. Now, if I may, can I ask you how you met this guy where you was guardian celestial being or something? I was assigned to his grandmother. Tell us about that. I was placed with her as a nurse right before she passed. She was a sweet woman who was in a lot of pain. She had so many family members around her, cousins and children, dozens of grandchildren. But it was Kyle who I couldn't help but notice. His name is Kyle. I could tell he was usually a talker, someone who had a lot of energy. But he was uncommonly quiet, holding her hand when no one was watching and sitting in the waiting room down the hall by himself. A thousand thoughts racing through his head, but still calm and steady for everyone else around him. It was obvious that he was kind and smart, and anxious in a way that made me like him even more. I wasn't supposed to engage too much with the family, but I couldn't help it. I I had to introduce myself. Sounds to me like you love this guy, or at least like him enough to try to make it work. Relationships are about vulnerability, and for someone as empathetic as a celestial being... I would think being vulnerable is probably your greatest superpower. Now, maybe this guy of yours wasn't very considerate this weekend. Still, don't you think it's worth talking to him about it? I I do love him. I don't think I've ever been in love before. Okay. All right. I'll try. I will. Thank you. Keep this one around, host. He's a gem. Well, Devin, you surprised me. I'm I'm very impressed. You handled that call extremely well. Just trying to be helpful. Though, I must point out that telling a celestial being that she's empathetic is textbook mansplaining. <laughs> Damn it, I'm sorry. Chaz wrote that textbook. Please don't quote it. And uh, there are clearly respect issues Kyle needs to work on if he's going to commit to their relationship. Mm-hmm. Our celestial being is not the only one who needs to put in more effort. Nevertheless, you were helpful, so thank you. No prob. I'd do anything for you. <laughs> That's sweet. It's true. You're so caring and talented, you deserve everything. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I can feel my cheeks flushing. (laughs) I like it when you flush. You know what I mean? Red looks good on you. You're like glowing. I am? Yeah. And I like it. Yeah, well, I'm glad you like it. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Come here, you. Oh! Watch the silk. Oh, yeah, ooh! Oh. Can I can I just can oh. we can we just Okay 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 Oh that's my hair Oh You in there? It's your brother. Shit. Maybe he'll go away. My brother said to stop by. 
Devin, are you in there? What's he doing here? My bike's in the shop. I needed a ride. I've got some new sounds for you, host. Good stuff, too. Can you open up? Host? 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 Maybe he'll go away. some company. Me and Veronica just broke up. Can you open up, host? 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 All right, let him in. Wow, it's warm in here. So you've got some sounds for us. Yeah, but wow. Devin, are you okay? I'm fine. You're sweating. I said I'm fine. Your sounds, Evan? Oh, yeah. Check this out. I've got all kinds of stuff this week. Bats. Cats. Older cats. Ooh, listen to this one. I just got it. I have no idea what this is. Wow. Evan, that's so unsettling. I think it's a badger. A badger in trouble? Like it's scared that it gambled too much. Hmm, I don't think that's a badger, Evan. The host here is right. Play it back again. Okay. And bring down the dobies. Enhance. Enhance it once more. Walk it back. There! There's something there. Well, clearly that's a possum. North American or South American. Wow, you're right. I hear it now. No, you idiots. That's not a possum that sounds like a woman. Call me crazy, but it sounds like Becky. Evan, can you take me to where you recorded this? That depends. Do you like riding shotgun? Listeners, that's all for today's show. I've got to hit the road. I just think I heard a familiar voice. So you're just going? Uh, Can I call you or... Devin, I need to focus on me right now. Say no more. I get it. I understand completely. Out the door the minute you got what you wanted. A taste of the whiskers, just like old times, right? Tooted and booted, am I right? Well, well, I knew this was too good to be true. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I thought we had something here. Sparks were flying. And now you're running out on me with, with, with my brother and his sounds? I've got more important things to do right now. What are you doing, host? I'm going to bring my field recorder. Listeners, I need your help. If you have any information about Becky, and I mean anything, please call into the studio number. I'm forwarding calls to my cell. Becky, if you're listening, please call me. I won't be live on air the rest of the night, so to everyone else, be good out there in the universe. Devin, can you shut everything down? I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to sit here. Total silence. Because I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I know the way out. I can show myself out. I get it. Because it's not like this hasn't happened before. Evan, let's just go. I can swing back later for you, Dev. She didn't deserve you, Ev. They never do. Never, never do. 
Well, callers, I think we're just going to go to dead air here. This episode of The Host was led by Tony Werner and Ashley Griggs. It was written by Tony Werner, Jamie Ferguson, Rachel Ewing, Matt Rowan, Jesse Lauren Smith, and Ashley Griggs. It was performed by Matt Rowan, Tony Werner, Jamie Ferguson, Ashley Griggs, David John Seltzer, Katie Markovich, April Brassard, Alex Sercell, Adrian Matson, Hannah Martin, Mitch Carver, and Sarah Kenny. It was directed by Ashley Griggs. It was produced and edited by Amy Carver. Music is by Steve Metz, created by Amy Carver. Thanks for listening. Until next time, good night. Just going to sit here. Just going to sit here. I'll count the change in my pocket. Let's see, we got a quarter, a nickel, a couple of pennies. Oh, it looks like a dime. Good Lord, that's like 43 cents. Coming up short. Oh, host. Oh, God, what is this? That looks like a Connecticut quarter. I already got a Connecticut quarter. <laughs>